0: This is the Out of Time Film Podcast where your hosts Tom and John discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome back to the Elstein Film Podcast. This week we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. How are you this week?
1: Oh, uh, I'm feeling great. Yeah, I went to see John Four. you know. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's... Very unexpected, why I just watched, because, you know, we've been through them all, it's like the same. But this one, it was just very different. But anyway, we're not here to talk about
0: John Wick, we're here to talk about Guardians. So yeah, we're doing Guardians of the Galaxy, we're going to talk about Volume 1 and 2 in the lead-up to Volume 3, and of course we'll be doing Volume 3 as well. Hmm. All spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. So, Guardians of the Galaxy, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know.
1: Yes, okay, we're relying on Google now. (laughs) As always. As always. So, Peter escapes from the planet Morag with the valuable orb that Ronin the Accuser wants. He eventually forms a group
0: with unwilling heroes to stop Ronin. Alright, 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 alright. Okay. So, I mean, first of all, this film came out in 2014. When was the last time that you watched this? I do think I watched this...
1: I don't know, but I watched it on Friday. But this is a lot I just missed from this film because I know you, Tom, did like a lot of Marvel marathons, just like. Every, well, oh, yes. not every oh yes. not every year but like before you know like Infinity War Captain Marvel you did you yeah. did every, I was just like
0: <laughs> I remember that cool yeah, yeah well all right. that's interesting because that was the last time that I watched this movie was before Infinity War and I did the entire Infinity Saga which you know these days that is a daunting task to do the entire MCU because of all the TV shows and all the specials and everything now you're looking at so many hours but back then you know it was 20 odd films it wasn't it could have been Worse. See, I haven't watched this movie for five years at this point, and we were fairly young when this film came out, and I saw oh, yeah. this film three times at the cinema. I Three times?! Yeah I absolutely I remember um, It was the summer of 2014 So i just finished Primary school And I remember I went to Scotland With my family who had come over From Australia And basically I got this magazine Which had like A load of interviews And a load of like stuff And I remember Just reading this magazine Like over and over again For like a couple of weeks And pouring over it And getting so So hyped for this movie Being like Oh my god This is gonna be The greatest thing ever And then after we came back From the holiday We went to see it And my mind Was just exploding and I loved it so, so, so much. When I came back home, my dad literally out of his bag pulled the CD of Awesome Mixtape Volume 1. He was like, I bought this for you. And I was like, oh my God. And so this just kind of like, re-watching this just made me feel Like it was 2014 again. It really, like, I can't believe it's been nearly 10 years. And my love for this movie might just be nostalgia. But honestly, this just brings me straight back to that mindset. What a movie. What, like, what did you think? It's like cinema of the highest order. Like, I remember
1: when I watched this film, I was just obsessed. Obsessed with the soundtrack. It was just, like, that completely pure comic book film that James got made, and it was just amazing. I remember when you played the CD, because then I got obsessed with the CD, and then I watched the film. I watched it in 2015 when I got it. Yeah, because
0: Christmas. your your first MCU movie at the cinema was Age of Ultron, right? Yeah, Age of Ultron. No, Thought of the Dark World. Oh, right, okay. So you just didn't watch this one at the cinema? Yeah, because my dad he was like, why is there a talking tree? I don't, <laughs> it, I don't want it's my cinema, Dad! It's cinema, Dad! It's cinema! (laughs) Yeah. So we've watched a lot of MCU movies recently. In the past year, I think we've watched something at like 12 or something. You know, we did the Ant-Man movies, did the Thor movies, we did Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Avengers, and now we're coming in with Guardians of the Galaxy. And this has got to be one of, if not the best of the ones that we've re-watched. I don't think it's quite hits the highs of Avengers for me personally, but whenever we watch a movie like this, it reminds me why I complain about the recent Marvel stuff. Because this is the goal standard. I think everything in this movie is just so well done and so well developed. Everything from the characterization to the action scenes to the way that it looks to the music the way that all the different plots tangle together this movie just has the perfect balance of heart and emotion but also the the comedy and using the comedy to enforce the characters and their arcs. I think it all comes together in, in just a really really good way. Yeah, the character arcs in this film is just well put together with like multiple characters
1: which is a very tricky task there was a great cast right here you got chris pratt so it's vin diesel vin diesel as Groot, brilliant (laughs) inspired yeah and then dave batista as drax oh my god incredible the opening is just heartbreaking it sets everything up for the second film, but for this film as well. And once you realise, I'm not going to spoil Vol. Two because we're not talking about Vol. Two just yet.
0: I love that we still call it Vol. Two. <laughs> when we were Wait. kids, we used to instead of calling it Volume Two, we used to just be like, "Oh yeah, it's Vol. 2. I love that we still that we still remember that. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I don't know. It's just ingrained in my brain. Brilliant. Just like, I love it. Oh, I love it. Vol.2. Two. No. It's I feel like two. I feel I have to explain it though, just in case we get comments. Here. Actually, it's Volume Two. Yeah, where we were just like, we were kids, all right. <laughs> we we, we were, we, were we
1: lads. Uh, anyway, <laughs> where I was like, oh yeah. Uh, once you watch Volume Two after the events of it, and you come back to this film, the first one, you're like, damn, they really know. work well together. Yeah, they do. And with the song "I'm Not in Love" by Ten CC,
0: oh yes, oh, my god. Let's... Oh. <laughs> I feel like the music is such a huge part of this movie. Yeah. It almost feels to me that this movie kicked off what felt like an 80s renaissance, like a kind of, like, a decade of nostalgia. I know that this is 2014, but, like, it feels like this was my first kind of exposure to what would soon become, you know, like, Stranger Things, and all these different, like, legacy sequels, things that were calling back to old times, and that kind of stuff. And, obviously, this one, you get a lot of music from the 70s as well, and I think that that really works. But what I love the most, and what I think 90% of other movies don't have is that the music is so ingrained into the character yeah Of Peter The opening moment as you say I'm not in love That is a beautiful song But also It's him listening to it It's him holding this thing That means so much to him On the day that his mother dies And the day that he's abducted And you see throughout You know like When they're escaping the kiln Peter's like I've got to go back for my walkman Because it means so much to him And the fact that Peter's emotional catharsis At the end Is him reading the note from his mum And getting awesome mix volume 2 And when Ain't no mountain high enough play Plays. It's beautiful. It really is just such a oh, melancholic, beautiful ending And they use <sighs> the songs for action scenes, for dance scenes, for love scenes when it comes to Fooled around and fell in love. It's all so beautifully integrated yeah. And I, I really can't think of a better example of licensed music used in a film Not only for the fact that the tracks are cool, but also to elevate the characters and what's happening. That's genius
1: Oh, there's one scene that I absolutely love. When the orb gets to Ronan on Xandar, he was, like, about to wipe off the entire yes. time planets. And then Peter, he goes...
0: Oh my god. That's that's gonna be so out of sync in the playback.
1: (laughs) That is just perfect comedy right there because it just completely subverts everything in that scene. He's about to, you know, destroy the planet, but then there's a dance off, and it just literally calls back to the scene where he's talking about footloose, you know, where dancing is everything, it just goes everything, yeah, amazing. And then it's just like it's a dance off, bro. And then I watched the blooper. Uh, yes. Ronin and Chris Pratt <laughs> and Zoe Zelanda doing a dance off. And yeah, it was like, yeah. why isn't this in the original film? But yes, you know, it's incredible. It, oh my God. Yeah. I just love the music. The music is just, yes, as you just said, it is an integral part of what you're seeing and what you're hearing on the film. It's just like, yep, this is Star Lord. And once you
0: realize, why is he called Star Lord? Yeah, that breaks me, man. Like, amazing. Yeah, so amazing. good. And obviously, the soundtrack is amazing, but the score is also brilliant. So we did Shazam recently, the first one that I'm I'm thinking of here. And I spoke about how I wish the theme was more hummable. I wish that the theme was more memorable, the the, the kind of thing that you can kind of be on, on in your head. The Guardians of the Galaxy theme is exactly that. It is amazing. Tyler Bates did such a good job, even in the beginning of the film, when you get Meredith Quill's death, you can see like a kind of slower version of the main theme being played. And that comes up quite a few times. And then there are just these moments when the main theme of the movie which is a brilliant and it plays like when Rocket turns off all the gravity in the kiln and there's just this little moment and the music's very very slow and it's building it's very similar to what they do with the Avengers in those movies and then when they fly out it blasts the theme and it works so well and it really breaks me that that theme hasn't really come back like it's in the second one a little bit obviously (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna watch the second one in a couple of weeks but it doesn't show in the Avengers movies or, or I don't think it shows up in the holiday special that's a real shame to me but at the same time what a score fantastic indeed, indeed. Tyler Bates right yeah yeah. Uh, he did the John Wick score that was great oh cool
1: way. John Wick yeah the score is just excellent but anyway Brilliant. Tyler Bates did an excellent job in that theme I actually love that theme it really stood out the Guardians are the losers. You know what Peter said in the film. Mm. But you know if we stick together we can do something. And uh, yeah I just love the introduction of each characters. We've got Peter at the beginning. But I really love the visual storytelling. On what the characters are really like. So like when they're arrested. You get to see these characters. But then. Once you find out about them, the character dynamic between them is just really interesting. You know, like when Rocket gets changed into his prison outfit, you get to see that he was tested. Later on, he didn't want to be tested. It was just going to be explained in Volume 3.
0: Yeah, it seems like we're going to kind of go into his like origins. And I find that really interesting because Rocket is such a compelling character. He is this guy who's so, like, adverse to having friends and he hates everyone because inside you know, he carries so much trauma and he almost kind of, like, wishes that he just wasn't alive. And he has this moment when he's drunk and he's like, I didn't ask for any of this. I didn't want to be torn apart and put back together over and over. And he's so, so great. And you get that even more in Guardians 2 with his kind of recklessness and I think all the characters like Drax. I think Drax has become a little bit of a parody recently He's a bit overly comical for my liking, but in this movie He's properly threatening and his character flaw when he literally calls Ronan to them and the entire like second act Defeat all comes from Drax and his like flaws I think that's amazing, and, and in that moment when he admits that everyone are his friends, I just think that the characters are just so well realised, and their dynamic, and the way that they come together is fantastic. It is fantastic, and Groot, what a guy, at the end he just saves
1: everyone, this emotional, it, oh, the song mm. has excellent emotional beats, like when Groot saves everyone and sacrifices himself and says, we are Groot fantastic and i just
0: love that score in that as well yeah like the moment when they get onto the darkaster for the first oh, time and yeah. Groot expels a load of like fluorescent like beautiful. spores and it's yeah. just this really really nice moment and as i say that's when drax admits to everyone that, that, that they're his friends and, and he says thank you for accepting me beautiful stuff man like beautiful beautiful this movie knows when to take a, a moment just yeah. to have happiness and character bonds i think it works really well without it just being constant combat. That's slapping you in the face. It knows how to be sincere and to not undercut things But I would say this movie is really funny and I don't think it becomes insufferable with its humor I think that its humor really works like when they all stand up and they're all like yeah, we'll fight with you quill and then rocket's like yeah i'm standing now a bunch of assholes standing in a circle like it it works really really nicely as opposed to what i feel a lot of MCU movies and even some of the guardians movies fall into the trap of being a bit overly comedic not to say that the comedy doesn't work all the time for me because i do think some jokes do fall flat but i think the comedy in this one does work a lot and you can see why all these movies focus so much on comedy because stuff like this in the first avengers movie do it so well yeah there was one joke that i just couldn't stop laughing it it was just like you need my what
1: yeah yeah and it was just like walking like dude oh, i, I need- had to
0: transfer him thirty thousand units <laughs> no, well was it was it <laughs> was it the funny yeah. there's one more thing that we need to complete the plan that guy's <laughs> yeah. eye no no we don't we don't need his eye it's important to me yeah <laughs> oh brilliant. my god
1: I really loved this running joke of, like, Star-Lord not named properly. So, like, he's like, no, it's Star-Lord, man. It's (laughs) Star-Lord. There was one scene that I just loved, and it was just, like, a complete arc. When Korath, at the beginning, was like, who? And then... When he finally meets Peter, confronts him at the end. He's like Star Lord,
0: and then Peter's like, "Finally, finally, yes!" No, there are so many iconic moments, so many brilliant moments, and yeah. let, let's let's use that to kind of talk about the villains a little bit because I do want to say one of my gripes about the movie is Korath, Jaimon Honsu. Again, not given nearly enough to do. Like, come on. Like, as I say, we talked about Shazam recently where he doesn't have enough to do. But last year, we talked about The King's Man where he doesn't have it. Somebody cast Jaiman honsu in a lead role and let him just do his thing because he has got so much talent and so much range and he can really do good. And yeah, like, I did wish that he did more. And it definitely, there's so much that you get from the heroes that more of the villains would have been great because, hey, I loved Ronan. I thought that he was really, really cool. Oh, yeah. I was really worried about, like, Ronin.
1: I kind of forgot about that guy. But, Mm. yeah, Ronin is intimidating. I completely forgot. It is the Infinity Saga, but this is, like, the kind of the start of the idea not really well yeah ca- kind of the... i mean it's it's the first major appearance of thanos yeah i mean you know the idea of like needs the infinity stones and then many 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 films later until 2018 like four years later on how many films were there in four uh, years between 2014 until, until, and until infinity war that's two four seven eight eight films wow you have to yep. get through eight films <laughs> but anyway yeah I really liked him I thought he's not really like a mustache type villain he's like oh, mm. oh yes I'll, <laughs> I'll take this and I'll destroy Sandar. he wants more power yeah. it's like what Drax wants to be as well he's like I'll show you get revenge on you not trying to be like a genocidal maniac or something but he wants to have that power but then Drax
0: realises he doesn't want to be on that path yeah there are again. different sides of vengeance that you see Ronan with all the people that he surrounds himself with. He is above everyone and Drax lets his hubris take over and his need for vengeance, but eventually finding acceptance in these other people, he lets that anger subside a little bit, whereas Ronan lets it fester because of the people that he's around. And I love the tonal shift. You know, this movie, it's a beautiful movie. There are so many shots that are just fantastic and I really, really adored the cinematography and the way that it integrates practical effects and CGI. It looks fantastic. Even the 2014 CGI, which isn't always perfect, it still holds up so much better than some stuff today because of the way that it integrates those effects and they know what they're doing. And James Gunn is a wizard with the camera. I I love what he's doing. I love that in the scenes with Ronan and with the Dark Aster, it's so much different. Everything's so much darker. The score uses so much more brass. And I love the presence that Ronan has. It's often been said that Marvel has a villain problem and that the villains are forgettable. I would say that that's sometimes true, but Ronan is not one of those Lee Pace, if you've watched our Buddies Buddies bodies video, you'll know that I love Lee Pace, what a guy, and Ronan has so much presence, and I just, I think he's great. I would have liked more time with him, that's my gripe. Why not give us more Ronan? I feel like he could have done more, but his scenes are so memorable, and especially, especially with Thanos. This film, and the way that it introduces Thanos, his dialogue, and the way that he's just sitting on his chair. I know that it became a meme of, oh, he's just sitting, he's not doing anything, but, my God. Thanos is such a presence in those scenes.
1: Yeah, Josh Brolin wasn't in those as Thanos. Who was it? Who was? Thanos no, it was in...
0: it was it was Josh Brolin. This this was yeah. Josh Brolin's first appearance. Yeah, you're thinking of Avengers. It wasn't Josh Brolin in Avengers. Yeah, I'm surprised it was. But anyway, yeah, Josh
1: Brolin. Eight movies later, he's like the best villain of the MCU.
0: He's got some really really good dialogue. Like when he says, "I will bathe the starways in your blood." I think that's so cool. And you've got yeah. the other from Avengers, you know, who speaks oh, yeah. to Loki. And then, yeah. like, the way that Ronan just kills him and Thanos turns around in his chair. Just brilliant. And brilliant. the way they integrate, like, the MacGuffin of the movies, the orb, the power stone, the way that that is integrated, it's just really clever. I think that... This film is the perfect example of a cinematic universe setting things up without it kind of breaking the immersion of the film. You could watch this without having any other knowledge, and it wouldn't hinder that. And I think that's, that's really, really cool, and I suppose we'll see where things nowadays go. But this is just really cool, and obviously I have my gripes with Ronan and, and, and with Korath, but I think for the most part every minor character, whether it be Nebula, Nebula doesn't do much in this one. She has so much more to do in the other movies, but like, you know, she is such a presence and there's a lot of like really interesting stuff that is set up here. Same with Yondu and same with like Nova Prime and John C. Riley's character and Peter Serifian, which Loads of different people who aren't in it that much, but leave a really big mark. And I think that, you know, that all works really well. But the center of it really is the Guardians themselves. And that moment where everything comes together in the huge purple swarm of power of the Power Stone. And Ronan says, what are you? And Quill says, you said it yourself, bitch. We're the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's just... Just cool. That is so cool. They did the idea of the power of friendship, but like
1: in a cool way because he gets everyone together. But at the end of the film, it reveals that there's a part
0: celestial that's explored yeah. in volume two. The whole thing sets up Guardians 2 very nicely. Like, when Kraglin's like, Oh, it's a good job, we didn't take him to his dad like we was hired to do, and I think that's really good, because, literally, we finished the movie, and my partner was like, Oh, can we watch Guardians 2? And I was like, yeah, I wanna watch Guardians 2 now. We didn't, but, like, it makes you wanna watch Guardians 2 immediately. I think they work so well together. Yeah, definitely, and I Mm. just love this film and the characters. 100%. What are you gonna give Guardians of the Galaxy out of 10? A nine. Yep, I'm with you right there. Top tier MCU, 100%. Top tier, top tier. This is what it's about. You know, this and Avengers and Black Panther. You know, thinking about the stuff that we've covered on the podcast. This is what it is all about. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you liked it, you can give us a thumbs up and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. And next week, it's the Super Mario Brothers movie. So excited. Um, oh my Nice, God. nice. Another Chris Pratt movie. We've got three Chris Pratt movies in a row. Brilliant. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. I really hope it's good. <laughs> oh, come on, oh come on. My. Be good, be good, be good. And yeah, you can send us an email. Tell us your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy, on the MCU, on all that kind of stuff, and we will read it out right here on the podcast itself. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks to L. Jones Mayer for the theme, Ronan Phillips for vocals, and Zayn Assel for the amazing thumbnails, as always. And that's everything. Yeah, that's everything. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.